Blog Talk Radio. Welcome. Today our topic is the legal workforce, engaging men to advance women. Joining us is Ida Abbott, founder of Ida Abbott Consulting, Inc. She helps employers manage, develop, and retain legal talent and serves as mentor and coach to high-achieving individuals. For many years, Ida has been at the forefront to promote women in the legal profession. She is co-founder and director of the Hastings Leadership Academy for Women at the University of California, Hastings College of Law, and much, much more. Welcome, Ida. Thank you, Julie. Happy to be here. Great. I'm great to have you. Well, you know, it's 2014, not 1970. So why raise this topic at all? I mean, why should men support the advancement of women? Well, primarily because men are in control of law firms. Um, They're the leaders. Uh, They control uh, the uh, firm and the economics and the personnel decisions and policies, and they're obligated as leaders to retain and utilize the best talent available. Um, Otherwise, they put uh, the firm at a disadvantage in the marketplace. But if they keep losing 50% of the talent pool, they can't be, the firms can't be performing at the highest level. So that's the, the primary reason. But it's also in their economic interest. Um, all, there are many diversity uh, studies, many studies that have shown diversity leads to better decision-making, um, to greater creativity and innovation, to better financial performance. And so from a financial standpoint, it's critical. And then last, from a client standpoint, they need to have more women in leadership uh, roles. Um, clients today want and expect to see women heading up teams, uh, heading up practice groups and departments, and at the, in the top leadership of law firms as well. So are men really at fault for the lack of women in partnership and leadership positions? Uh, yes, and not because it's a conspiracy <laughs> a or yes. anything <laughs> deliberate on their part. They're not, um, you know, they're not uh, actively trying to keep women out. To the contrary, I think many, most men who are leading firms really want to have more women in partnership and in leadership roles. But um, they are at fault to the extent that they are leaders. Um, and, um, you know, the leadership of firms, as I said, is predominantly men, and they haven't made the necessary effort. Um, they've lost huge numbers of supremely talented women, and in that way, they have failed as leaders. Um, they've delegated a lot of the work for uh, retaining women to uh, women themselves through women's initiatives, for example. But women don't have the power to make the necessary changes uh, in um, institutional uh, norms and uh, cultural practices uh, that are necessary to keep more women in the firm. You know, about half of new associates each year are women. Isn't it just a matter of time that there will be more women partners and leaders? Well, sure, someday. Um, someday. Women have been entering practice on a par with men for almost 40 years, but you hardly see them at all at uh, in partnership or at the top levels of leadership and compensation. Um, there are there's so much data that shows that they are uh, that women are not keeping up and that men advance much faster and much higher um, 
And it's not because men are any more competent or uh, any, you know, better at the practice of law or um, at any of the the, the um, uh, competencies or behaviors that are necessary to become partners and leaders in firms. But still, women, uh, you know, even though we've been entering on a, uh, in almost equal numbers for four decades, women still represent only 17% of equity partners. Um, and even fewer numbers of uh, management committee uh, members, uh, leaders holding any leadership roles, uh, much less rainmaking. And um, anyway, at the present rate of moving of advancement, mm-hmm. it's estimated that women will one day, on, you know, just without anything else being done, women will reach parity with men in leadership roles. But that will happen in 2085. Oh, I don't think we're going to be around then. We got to make well, that happen. Well, I certainly won't be sooner and, than later. Uh, right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But one you know, generation has already, you know, passed and um, has been completed. And uh, we're, you know, if you look at these numbers, you're looking at a couple more generations before parity is reached, and that's really unacceptable. I agree. You know, almost all firms now have policies that support women with children. Won't that take care of enabling women to stay in firms and move up? Well, juggling work and family is without question a major struggle for women, and these supportive policies are important and they are very helpful, but they only address one of the obstacles that women face, um, and they don't even do that very well. Uh, For example, Women who use them, uh, who use these policies are often stigmatized, and while they continue to work, right, they're able to stay at no job, they're not able to advance into these uh, higher-level positions. Usually uh, they get relegated uh, at the most to counsel or staff lawyer positions or at best uh, to income partner. Um, the focus on motherhood also perpetuates uh, work-life struggles um, as a women's issue which means it gets marginalized. It isn't, it does, isn't seen as important for the firm. Um, it needs to be seen not as a women's issue, but as a strategic business issue that affects everybody. Um, what's more, a lot of these policies are uh, primarily uh, directed at women and used by women, and they need to embrace men as well. Um, they need to be parental leave, for example, not maternity leave. And we need to emphasize that parenting includes men, not just just women, so that um, it isn't seen as some some way to push women into a corner. So what we really need is to look at these policies as a first step in um, overhauling how work gets done in the firm, expectations about performance, standards for advancement, um, other important uh, elements. Aren't law firms meritocracies? If women are outstanding performers, they should reach the top, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Everybody who's, who is really, uh, you know, good reaches the top at a, and works hard reaches the top in a meritocracy. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way um, as much as firms pride themselves on being uh, meritocracies. Pervasive gender bias affects how people perceive and judge merit. You still, you know, this isn't a purely objective process, and there's considerable research that shows um, unconscious gender bias has a negative impact on how women are evaluated, the kind of work assignments and business opportunities they get, um, their billing rates, 
much less their chances for getting ahead. Uh, one, one particular study of evaluations, associate evaluations in a Wall Street firm, found that because of unconscious gender bias, uh, gender bias in associate evaluations, men were three times, uh, had a three times greater chance of becoming partner, even when we- women were seen as better performers. Wow. So much for meritocracy. So much for that. You, you know, know, who it determines a, what's, mer- what's worthy of merit? Exactly. In a perfect world, it would work, but we don't live in a perfect exactly. world. Exactly. You know, it's a tough marketplace for everyone. Isn't the real problem that women are perceived as not being ambitious or maybe tough enough to become partners and leaders? You know, this is a great example of how gender bias limits women. Um, this idea, this assumption uh, creates self-fulfilling prophecies, and it's also a classic case of what we call a double bind. Um, you get criticized no matter what you do. So let me explain that. Um, women enter law practice with high ambitions. And if that, in fact, um, women are seen today, young women are entering uh, the business world and law practice in, some, in many cases with higher ambitions than men have. But when people assume, even, you know, however unconsciously, that you aren't as driven to get ahead or that you'll drop out when you marry or have kids, um, they don't treat you the same way that they treat a man whose ambition is presumed. Mm-hmm. So you're the guy who may not even be as great a lawyer as you gets more support, more visibility, invitations to meet clients, uh, and so on. And um, when you lack, when you don't get the encouragement and support uh, that, that it, you know, makes you want to stay and continue, women see fewer career prospects long-term, so they leave. And that just reinforces the stereotype that they lack ambition because the men who ought to be giving them that kind of support kind of pat themselves on the back and say, listen, you know, we tried, but... Um, if they were really good, you know, the cream rises to the top and they just couldn't cut it or they didn't really want it. And then, of course, for women who do say, I want to get ahead, they're in, they uh, state their aspirations to become leaders and rainmakers, they act forcefully toward those goals, many of those women are criticized for being overly ambitious, which is, yes. you know, decidedly unladylike behavior. So, yes. you know, this is the double bind. If they act ambitious... Um, they get criticized, and if they don't, they get overlooked. Yep. So how important is mentoring to women's career advancement? Well, mentoring is critical for everybody's advancement, and but it's particularly important for women. Um, mentors give uh, support and guidance. They serve as role models. Um, they offer encouragement. They give women a belief that if I stick around here, um, you know, I can be a terrific lawyer and I can have a successful career. Um, this kind of mentoring um, is especially important early in your career. But as you progress at work um, over the years, what you need even more so is sponsorship. And that's a more proactive kind of mentorship. It's more of advocacy. Um, some people see it as a different thing altogether. I see it as sort of the highest form, the most active form of, of uh, an important form of mentorship because, you know, you just can't become a partner or, even, or a leader without one or more sponsors. Um, and studies do show that when women have powerful sponsors the way men do, they advance just as rapidly and they earn as much as men. 
Oh. So are so women this is who, really important. It's very important. So women who want mentors, are they able to find them? Yeah. I mean, today women can find mentors, uh, the kind of mentors who give them advice and guidance and, um, and, and emotional support. The problem is they can't find that higher level uh, of mentor that we call sponsor. Um, you know, sponsors have to have some power. They have to ha- be influential or have uh, uh, a, a means of getting you the right um, assignment or introducing you to the right clients or giving you, uh, appointing you to the right committee um, and, uh, you know, or advocating for uh, a bonus or for a promotion. Um, and the only people in firms who have that kind of power, for the most part, for the overwhelming part, are men. And most men sponsor other, other men. They don't sponsor women. So you pretty much answered my next question, why pick on men? Don't women prefer to be mentored and sponsored by other women? Well, they just don't well, exist I, on those, um, those yeah, higher levels like on. you just explained. <laughs> I'm not picking on men so much as issuing a call to action. I'm exactly. saying, um, you, know, what, you, you know, you're doing this for men. You're doing this already. You know the importance of it, but mm-hmm. you're overlooking women, and you need to include them in your sponsorship activities. Um, yes, women do prefer to be mentored and sponsored by other women. You know, men are more comfortable with other men. The problem is that when we're talking about talent management, talent advancement um, and retention, there are simply too few women with enough clout to serve as sponsors for all the women who deserve and need sponsors. Um, And the few few powerful women partners uh, can't do it alone. And, you know, they ought to be able to sponsor men as well as women, just the way men ought to be sponsoring women. Um, so, you know, women need men to sponsor them. Uh, and as I said, men prefer to sponsor other men for the same reasons, a higher comfort level, more relevant role models, fewer possible complications because of sex differences. And, you know, sex plays a role here. There's no question about it. Absolutely. Well, that brings us to the end of our podcast. Thanks to our guest, Ida Abbott, for your expertise on engaging men to advance women. Ida will be a featured speaker this fall at ALA's Human Resources Conference for Legal Professionals in Las Vegas, November 3rd to the 5th. Visit the ALA website, alanet.org, for more info. And thanks, everyone, for joining us. Thank you, Julie.